Welcome to More Than Medicine, where Jesus is more than enough for the ills that plague our culture and our country. Hosted by author and physician, Dr. Robert Jackson, with his wife, Carlotta, and daughter, Hannah Miller. So listen up, because the doctor is in. Welcome to More Than Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Jackson, and today I have a very special guest with me, my own daughter, Miss Hannah Miller, and we're going to do a special program today. We're going to do the Year in Review, 2021 in Review, and Miss Hannah has prepared an entire list of questions that we will review today with you. Okay, so uh, this is the very first question for our year in review is the biggest winner of the year. And we'll just flip-flop going back and forth answering these. Me first, and then you go first on the next one. Uh, so for my biggest winner of the year is Big Pharma. Specifically, this would be Moderna, who previously their net worth was around $8 billion, eight, 18 months ago, and now they're worth $100 billion. So Well, Pfizer goes right along yes. with Moderna. Pfizer and Moderna both have had extraordinary profits this year mm-hmm. because of the so-called vaccine. Uh, it's really a genetic therapeutic agent, not a true vaccine. But both of them have raked in uh, amazing mm-hmm. profits uh, this year because of the so-called vaccine. But by extension, Dr. Fauci, who has financial ties to both of these pharmaceutical companies, he also and other of his cronies have been huge winners this year because of these so-called vaccines. All right. On the other side, uh, biggest loser of the year. What's your opinion on that one? Well, I think it's the people of the uh, of the American people. Mm-hmm. I think the American people and their freedoms have been severely limited this year. Mm-hmm. And when I look at the landscape in America today, I think the, the, the biggest losers have been the American people and the, the liberty slash freedoms of the American people. They're, they've been so severely restricted this entire year. I agree with that. My answer for this one was the women of Afghanistan. Mm. Um, I, you know, thinking about women who can no longer walk down the street unaccompanied, uh, 12-year-old girls who were yanked out of school because it's no longer seen as profitable for them to be getting an education, Uh, all of the young women that you're seeing becoming child brides and things like that, Um, the public beatings and whippings that we've seen happening to women uh, in Afghanistan. It's just been tragic. So that would be, yeah. Not uh, just tragic, but heartbreaking. Yeah, it has been. So, all right. Our answer is probably the same for this one. Best politician of 2021. I agree. You agree? You hadn't even said anything, <laughs> but I agree. Yeah. So my answer for that one was Ron DeSantis. <laughs> I agree. Uh, he, 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 and, and I'm telling you, he's headed for the presidency. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that that's definitely in his future. That's And that is for sure what the people um, want to see him do. You know, and I don't know what Donald Trump's going to do. My suspicion is that he's going to be a king maker and not mm-hmm. the king. And I mm-hmm. think it would be wise on his part if he were to step aside and allow DeSantis, who's not such a lightning rod yes. as Donald Trump was. Uh, and I know there's a lot of people who would love to see Donald Trump run again, um, mm-hmm. but he was such a polarizing figure. Now, mm-hmm. there were well, a lot of people who loved him because of... Well, he stood for the things that we have wanted somebody to stand for for so long. He was was an America first guy. 
and everybody loved that. And he did what he said he was do. He would do. So many Republican politicians in the past promised many things, but mm-hmm. never came through. And Ron DeSantis has done the same thing, but he's done it with just a little bit more uh, class. Yeah. Then I think he Donald was more Trump diplomatic. Yes, he was he, a little bit. And, and there's a way to achieve the things that Republicans, conservatives want our politicians to achieve while also being diplomatic, which is, you know, the Republicans of the past have said to be diplomatic, they have to compromise. That's to reach and across the aisle got, yes. and compromise and see, you don't have to do that. No, and Ron the, the Democrats never that. compromise and, and Trump never compromised. Mm-hmm. And, and I hope if DeSantis decides to run, which I'm pretty confident he will, that he will not be a compromiser that he learned from Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next question. Most defining political moment. Go ahead. Tell me what you think. Um, my answer for this one was the red sweep in Virginia because, well, and then what happened in New Jersey? There was other races that happened at the same time because it showed politicians and it showed others in America and the media that we, I mean, it remains to be seen how those people that were elected are going to actually, you know, how, how they're going to vote, how they're going to do things and operate, how they're going to run their um, okay. in their offices. But mm-hmm. it's, they have still, it showed people that, you know, all of these culture war issues that Republicans have said for so long that you can't win on, they won on those issues. Right. And we've been saying all along, hey, these are winning issues if somebody would just be willing to get out there. And Donald Trump did it, which was, you know, pe- which is one of the things people loved about Donald Trump was yeah. he was willing to take up the baton on the culture war issues that Republicans for so long have said you can't win on them. Yeah. And he and he did. And, uh, and then that red sweep in Virginia and then New Jersey. Jersey, I think a race in New York, yeah. all bolstered that idea as well. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And I think it's closely followed by Joe Manchin of, yeah. of West Virginia holding the line against the Build Back Better uh, infrastructure bill. And and he, I, I think Joe Manchin should see the handwriting on the wall, and he probably needs to switch political parties. Mm. <laughs> he needs to leave the Democratic Party. He needs to become a Republican. His state is a red state, and, yeah. and he just needs to switch parties and, you know, leave the Democrats behind. So um, next question, biggest trader of 2021. Well, I'm going to say it's the CDC the FDA, and you see, Fauci has become a little medical dictator. Mm-hmm. And the CDC is his unelected enforcer. The FDA is the unappointed, unapproved judiciary that approves his every mm-hmm. dictate. And then hospital administrators follow the CDC protocol, like lap dogs, all because they want those federal dollars. Mm-hmm. That was my answer. Healthcare administrators, their biggest trader of 2021, for that very reason. And 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 though because they follow that CDC protocol, then there's a whole army of physicians who've become what I call protocol worshippers, mm-hmm. and they're no longer thinking for themselves. They're no longer holding up the sanctity of the doctor-patient relationship. And the protocol is literally killing our family members and our friends Mm -hmm. with COVID. And it hurts my heart and it angers me 
so much that sometimes I want to pull my hair out and scream. All of us have family members who are, who have or friends who have died or been severely ill for extended lengths of time and, and perhaps even disabled with COVID unnecessarily because they are unwilling to accept the early treatment protocol that has been proven to work in multiple parts of the world. And it just is driving me to distraction. Yeah. Nope. I don't blame you. That's why that was my answer for that question as well. So um, most boring, who is the most boring person of 2021? My answer for that one has to be Joe Biden, man. He's falling asleep at the at the at the microphone. You know, but, but here's the thing. He's good for laughs. He is good for laughs. He is good that's for true. laughs. I mean, that's I, true. I He's the, the fodder that, that he feeds the conservative side every day, man. It's, it's I mean, bad. he may be boring, but he is good for laughs. All right. Keep going. All right. Uh, most charismatic. So I had to put this person in here somewhere on this list. And uh, this is where I put him. And that's Elon Musk. And he's had a Twitter war. Over the last, uh, like, a week or two with Elizabeth Warren, he's been totally owning Elizabeth Warren. Yep. It's been absolutely entertaining. You know, I don't agree with everything that he believes in and everything that he says, but his persona, the things that he's doing, you know, his um, just being right out there, yeah, he's yeah. very charismatic and he's very appealing to a well, lot of people. he's smart. He's a smart yes. guy. You don't get to where he is without being a smart guy. Yeah. But he's, a, he's an odd mix because, listen – um, he he's a strange mix of free marketeer, free mm-hmm. American, the entrepreneur, the free thinker, but at the same time, he's a liberal voter who promotes bigger mm-hmm. government. That's just such an odd mix. Yeah. You know, I, he's he's just a strange guy. That's why I say politically, I don't back everything he yeah. says or, or believes in. Yeah. But he does have a personality and a persona that I think is very charismatic. Yeah, yeah. And, and appealing and, to people. Well, I've listened to some of his interviews and I'm, I'm like going down, tick, tick, tick. Man, yeah, go tell him, go tell him. And then, boom, he drops one, uh, some liberal drivel that makes me want to pull my hair out. And I'm like, oh, where did he get that from? <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, um, bummest rap. So this is the person that was dealt the worst hand of 2021. We might have the same answer for this one too. All right. Go you, go, you go first. I, I think the bummest rap all year long has been either ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine because ivermectin, for example, is safe, inexpensive, and very effective. As a, as a family doctor, I prescribe this for early treatment of, of COVID uh, almost every day in my medical practice. I've got people calling me from all over South Carolina, North Carolina, and Georgia because they can't find a, a family doctor who will treat their COVID according to the early treatment protocol. Mm-hmm. And contra- well, well, let's say it this way. It's safer than Tylenol. Mm-hmm. Uh Around the world, billions of doses of ivermectin are prescribed every year, even before COVID, for parasitic disorders. Mm-hmm. Every year, billions of doses of Tylenol are prescribed. And it's not prescribed, it's over the counter. Mm-hmm. Anybody can buy Tylenol. But get this, there's only one death per year attributed to ivermectin every year. Mm-hmm. There are over 500 deaths per year attributed to Tylenol every year. Mm-hmm. Now, which one's a safer drug? Ivermectin. <laughs> Safe. Every, every day of the week. <laughs> effective. 
It's mm-hmm. tre- it, it effectively treats viral illnesses like dengue fever, yellow fever, Ebola virus, all manner of viral illnesses, including COVID-19. Mm-hmm. It stops the inflammatory response that follows on the heels of a COVID infection. And it's inexpensive. Well, it, it was until the government started limiting the access to yeah. ivermectin. So it's safe. It's effective. It's inexpensive. Contrary to the so-called vaccine, which is not effective, mm-hmm. it's not safe, and it's not inexpensive. Yeah. Well, my answer for the bonus wrap is the early treatment protocols, just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, you know, you, you highlighted ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, which are a part of the early treatment protocol. But, you know, you, you're looked at like you have two heads if you bring up early, any kind of early treatment for COVID-19. Yeah. And uh, it's just ludicrous. And it makes me ill because I know people who are dying and who have mm-hmm. died because mm-hmm. of hospitals and doctors' unwillingness yep. to say yeah early treatment we can do that so anyway um i know some of the next ones uh you didn't have an answer for i'm gonna skip uh, but i want an answer number 10 go for it best comeback of the year this was one of my favorite stories of the year which is why i have to mention it and that's the GameStop and AMC stock that happened earlier this year. Um, that story was just so fun. That was the Reddit guys, the Wall Street Bets yep, Reddit yep. guys who collaborated yep. and just drove those stocks way up and kind of got some hedge fund guys on the backside. And it just was a lot of fun. It was yep, like, yep. you know, a real stick it to a moment. Yep, <laughs> and yep. uh, every American loves to see that. So yep. it was a fun story. And it, it's mind blowing that that happened this year. So because the so many stories have been in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that happened this year. And so that was one of the my most fun and uh, most original thinker. I, I'm going to answer this one too. Abigail Schreiber. She's the author of Irreparable Damage. And it's a book about transgenderism and teen crisis, specifically talking about girls. Mm-hmm. And she has a way of just astutely appealing to the independent nature and creative soul of young people. And it's dazzling. Uh, it's very appealing. She sticks it to the man and she is unafraid to say what needs to be said about the transgender issue. Mm. And especially as it preys on our young teenage daughters. Mm. So most original thinker, her uh, would have to go to her for that book and her ability to connect with young people. And what was the name of the book? Irreparable Damage. Uh-huh. Okay. So uh, most stagnant thinker. You got an answer for that one? Do you remember um, no, I don't think I remember that one. I said that that's any governor or politician that is still only talking about pocketbook issues rather than addressing the culture war. I think okay. we saw this. This is why people love Ron DeSantis. This is why people love Donald Trump. This is why the red sweep happened in Virginia. All of these things because they address the culture war. Now, whether those people, you know, whether, you know, um, what's the guy in Virginia, his name, just Glenn Youngkin, whether yeah. he actually follows through with a lot of yeah. his campaign I'll promises. i curious to see. It remains to be seen. But he won a campaign by a landslide because, because he, he ran on those issues. Right, he did. So, now, see, if you remember back when Bob Dole, well, you won't remember because you were too young, <laughs> when he was running against Bill Clinton, he kept saying, it's the economy, stupid. Ah, yeah. Okay. Now, Bob Dole said character counts because mm-hmm. he wanted people to, to understand that Bill Clinton didn't have yeah. character. 
And guess who won? Bill Clinton. Mm -hmm. Because there was a time when people were voting their pocketbooks. Mm -hmm. All right? Yep. And so, and that's part of the reason why people keep saying, politicians keep Mm -hmm. saying, that when you major on character issues, culture war issues, you lose. Mm -hmm. But these elections prove that that's not true. And you see, people would never touch the abortion issue in a national campaign, Mm -hmm. but Donald Trump did. Donald Trump showed up at the National Pro-Life Rally. First president ever to do that in person. He was unafraid to touch on culture issues. Mm -hmm. And so I'm convinced like you are that Mm -hmm. politicians who unabashedly, unafraid, uh, unapologetically address the culture war issues, they will prosper. Well, and that's why I said still only talking about, because obviously pocketbook issues are important. The economy is important. We still need to address all of those things, especially yeah. as we have this debt that's just spiraling out, out of, of control. control. Um, obviously, those are important things. And that's what's going to kill this current administration is the inflation <laughs> issue that they're driving out through the roof. So what are you most sick of from 2021? Hearing Dr. Fauci tell lies to the American people. About this so-called vaccine and about masks and about Mm -hmm. lockdowns and about Mm -hmm. the vaccine mandate. Uh, If I hear him tell another lie about all of this, he he flip flops like a fish on a hot, dry dock. Mm-hmm. He he tells one thing and then he reverses course and tells the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. And the me- mainstream media does not call him to account on any of that. They aid and abet him continuously. And again, it makes me want to pull my hair out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm most sick of social media fact checkers who we found out are just a bunch of guys in a closet who have an opinion Uh, and that's i'm so sick and tired of all of them i'm so sick and tired of the censorship on social media platforms on the internet period Mm -hmm. um you know this is the united states of america not china but we're looking an awful lot like china and north korea right right. now or our internet is so our fact checkers are like pravda the soviet union newspaper pravda Pravda, you know what pravda means it's a russian word for truth oh can you believe that? Can you believe that? Like all. Uh, all right. What's the worst lie of the year? In my opinion, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna deviate from COVID and I'm gonna say the worst lie of the year is that parents are domestic terrorists for being concerned about what schools are teaching. That was the worst <laughs> lie of the year. Everything COVID we could pretty much say is a lie, but I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with that one. Uh, I'm gonna say the worst lie is that the vaccine was safe and effective. Yeah. Because it uh, turned out it was not safe yeah. and it was not effective. <laughs> and, and everybody yeah. now realizes that. And, you know, and, and I have patients who've been mortally wounded. In fact, I talked yeah. to an 80-year-old gentleman just yesterday. I went deer hunting with his family. And uh, he told me emphatically that after he took the vaccine, that he said, I have not been right mentally. Mm-hmm. I haven't been right physically. He said, my legs are weak. I have to use a cane. He said, I was a healthy 80-year-old man going deer hunting, driving a tractor, working on my farm. And he said within days of that vaccine, he said my mental health and physical health began to deteriorate. And he said I attribute it directly to that vaccine. And he was he was not happy. Hmm. Well, that's definitely those two issues, those two things right there, I think really sum up 
2021. Um, destined for stardom. So I, uh, I, I waffled on this one. I couldn't decide. I decided, I settled on Candace Owens. Okay. I think that, <laughs> I think that she has to do some, she's young. Um, she's an early, a young mom. She's still honing in on her platform. But I think whenever she hones in, she, whenever she gets some maturity and she hones in on what exactly her platform is going to look like, because right now she kind of popcorns all, all over, around. all yeah, around. Yeah. Once she does that, um, she could potentially be a powerhouse. And, and I'm not saying that she's going to be the president of the United States. I just think that we're going to see her for a long time. Yeah, and yeah. I think she's well, going she's to be smart around. And she knows the issues and she knows how to frame the issues. Yeah. And, you know, and she's not afraid to talk about it and to address it. <clears throat> and she is able to get on all the different social media platforms and, mm-hmm. and interact mm-hmm. on those platforms well with young people. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, I don't know, you know, define stardom. Ah. Uh, I don't know if she's going to be the president of the United States, but I think she's going to be around for a while, and I think she's definitely going to go further than where she's at right now. All right. Well, it's interesting you picked an African-American woman because I also picked two African-American. One was the lady from Baltimore with the red dress and the red shoes. Oh, Kimberly Clasic. Yep. And she had that powerful advertisement that promoted herself in mm-hmm. the last election. Now, she didn't win, but right. she'll be back. She'll be back, and she's mm-hmm. she's strong. Yeah, her messaging was strong there. I think there's been some issues actually between her and Candace Owens, but I, you know, who knows how that knows how that'll work out. All right, the second one is the lieutenant governor in North Carolina. He's a black man, powerful speaker, strong on the issues, very conservative. Um, I I listened to him speak in in a presentation just last week, and as soon as I heard him, I said, "This man's going places." So Mm -hmm. he's destined for stardom. Destined for oblivion. <laughs> My answer for this one was Taiwan, and it's uh, really sad to say it's that. But and, they're and our breeding. Current administration will not stand up no. for them, and they're, and they're no. breeding themselves out of existence because of incredibly high abortion rates, incredibly low reproduction rates. Yeah. Um, the population is very. It's one of the. It's the oldest population on the, on Earth, I think. Mm-hmm. If it's one of the oldest, if not the oldest, mm-hmm. and they're so they're just weak. They're elderly, and then you've got China just coming after them. So, mm-hmm. all right. My answer, surprisingly, is gas guzzling cars. Um. And the reason I say that is I've been doing some research on, believe it or not, uh, batteries for electric cars. Okay. And I have found out that they have are developing now much smaller batteries with much longer life. Um, and these big lithium batteries that they have in these electric cars now that mm-hmm. don't last very long. And, you know, they only go a couple hundred miles and they have to be charged. And right. you have to charge them overnight. Thing of the future. These new batteries are inexpensive. They can last for like a thousand miles, believe it or not, and uh, they can be charged in only minutes. It's a new technology. It's unbelievable. And, and the batteries don't cost much at all. So the automakers are in a huge race right now to develop the technology and install it in their automobiles. I think ca- gas cars are going to disappear. Because these new electric vehicles are going to storm the market. Yeah, if they're able to do it right, and uh, you know, I've I've done some research on it too, and you know, there's a lot of issues with it as it is now. now. But there's they're a lot of out. development. There's a lot of competition. There's a lot of free market that's, that's right. going on with it. So, that's right. I, I all think, right, I think the gas cars are going to disappear. All competition. right. So, best political theater. 
of the year. My answer for this one was DeSantis signing the anti-vaccination mandate bill in Brandon, Florida, and not acknowledging it at, at all. all. <laughs> and when he was asked, why did you pick Brandon, Florida? He said, it's a great American city. And that was all he did. <laughs> and he was just like, assume away. Yeah. And and that's when you, and then not to be ragging on Donald Trump today, but like that's the difference between him and Donald Trump. Donald yeah. Trump would have been pointing it out the whole time. Right. And, and uh, but DeSantis was just like, assume what you want. And right. uh, I loved it. It that's was right. brilliant. It was brilliant. All right. Best political theater was when 3,000 doctors and scientists signed the Rome Declaration in Italy in September. Um, What they were doing was offering the right of physicians and scientists to believe and um, practice differently from the mainstream without the fear of censure or retribution. Um, This gave the average doctor and scientist, and it gave them courage to to many who were silent or afraid up to that point in time. And I signed it. You know, I I wanted to be one of those guys. And very quickly, that initial 3,000 jumped to like Mm 10,000. And it's probably more by now. But, you know... Doctors who were treating the uh, COVID with the early treatment protocol were being censored. They were being threatened. Uh, they were losing their licenses, losing their jobs. Scientists were being threatened with the loss of their tenure in uh, institutions of higher learning. And so this Rome Declaration, I think, was great. Not It wasn't designed to be political theater, but it was a huge statement. Yeah. So... What was the worst political theater of the year? Um, I had. I, I, I almost say the squashing of the investigation into the election fraud from the previous year in mm-hmm. just about every state. Yeah. I mean, it, there, there was, I think, a, lots and lots of people were convinced that there was election wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. And that spilled over into this year where the investigations took place and it was a squashed. Yeah. And I think it's, there's a real distrust of the system now oh, yeah. um, because nobody feels like they really got answers from most of the States. That's right. Um, my, my answer for this one is the democratic response to January 16th. I mean, January 6th yeah. after, you know, I mean, you still got Democrats this year who still talking about it and it's December. And uh, as if it was this huge insurrection, this huge, uh, d- you know, terrorist attack and they're the same Democrats who said last year when millions and millions of dollars worth of homes and businesses were being destroyed that they were having mostly peaceful protests. That's right. That's I right. find that to be just the worst. That's right. Um, it's hypocrisy at, yep. at its worst. So most underreported story. Um, I'm going to say it's the illegal harvesting of organs in China mm. and the oppression of the Uyghur people group the population group in China, and continuing to grant China most favored nation status despite these flagrant human rights abuses that go on in China. And these major corporations that continue to um, work with China because of the money that they're making and the, the, the professional basketball league in particular that's always 
currying the favor of China, despite knowing the 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 slave labor, the harvesting of or, organs illegally, and the oppression of of minority groups, and, and that again just hurts my heart so bad. Uh, I for myself, following on the heels of the of January 6th and that being the worst political theater, I think the most underreported story is the squalid conditions that the January 6th folks are being held in, in the DC prisons. They're missing surgeries. They're missing other urgent health care. They're in extended solitary confinement without reason. All while not a one has been charged with insurrection, whether or not you think January 6th was an insurrection. That's not how we handle justice in the United States. That's right. It's an outrage. Mm -hmm. It's an outrage. So, um, moving on, what's the the best government spent money spent? Did you have an answer for that one? Yep. Um, I, I think that any money that we spend to secure our southern border is good money spent. Uh, Unfortunately, yep, I don't think they're spending any money right now. I think Texas is. Tex- <laughs> Texas and Texas, you know, Texas is a huge economy, and they can afford to protect their southern border, and they need to be protecting their southern mm-hmm. border. Um, yeah. And I just. Uh, you know, I, I hope that the, the, the governor and, and the people of Texas take that seriously and take it upon themselves, because when they protect their border, they're protecting all of us. Yep, that's right. Uh, my answer for that one is any money spent to bolster election integrity. No matter what you think happened last year in 2020, we need more election integrity. Yeah. Um, and I think that the biggest government waste, uh, financial waste of this year was uh, the American taxpayers funding human trafficking of aborted babies. Mm-hmm. Um, that story came out this year. And it just, I mean, those of us who've been on the ground with the pro-life movement for decades have known that this kind of thing happens. But you just, you know, seeing the pictures and, and seeing the videos and the testimony, it was just, it uh, make, makes you sick. Yep. And knowing yep. that we're paying for it, man. Yep. Yeah, there's no there's no reason or rationale for taxpayer money to be going for such atrocities as that. So what do you think was the boldest political move of the year? This was a window in time for me. That My answer for this one was just a window in time. Um, and this was BuzzFeed's expose on the origins of COVID-19 with Fauci emails. Um, for, you know, for them to do that was bold. Yeah. You know, it wasn't bold yeah. in the sense of, hey, let you know, the truth, yeah. but it was bold for them, for BuzzFeed to be willing yeah. to do this. I agree. I agree. I thought that was a very bold move on their part. And I think it exposed a, a lot of truth that a lot of people needed to see and hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was um, courageous on their part. Uh, also, California counties, Seattle, Portland, allowing rampant crime and thinking that that's a winning move. That, that was a pretty, pretty bold move. Uh, and it's obviously not winning them a lot of points in their in their counties and in their states. So no, that's just complete foolishness. It is. It's not going to work out in the long run. Uh, but, you know, uh, we'll have at it right now, you guys. Uh, worst political scandal. What do you think was the worst political scandal of the year? I'm not sure. What do you what is your thoughts? Um. For this one, I would have to say uh, probably the Afghanistan pullout, uh, the withdrawal from Afghanistan, how we handled that one. There was a couple I I really could have gone to for this one, but um, how Afghanistan was handled was just an atrocity. Well, it was. And, you know, it it was not the military hardware that was left behind. Yes, exactly. That that was scandalous. Biggest government waste. I mean, we could really say that was a huge government waste as well. You know, and all that hardware is going to be used against 
not just the people of the Middle East, but perhaps eventually against our own troops. Mm-hmm. And that hardware is going to end up in China. It's going to end up in other countries. It's going to end up in Iran. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's it's just scandalous. But then, mm-hmm. but then the people that were left behind, that mm-hmm. that just out. It was an outrage. And I mean, I can't I can't fathom the thinking of people in the administration how they could imagine that that would be okay, yeah. and that that they that the pullout was arranged in such a way that so many people and so many of our allies, so many people that worked with us, they're left behind, and you, we know that they're not going to survive, mm-hmm. and that's an outrage. Yeah, uh, it, it that was again an outrage, a tragedy, heartbreaking. All of those words kind of you know it, describe what now, happened. I just there. don't know how those folks can sleep at night because the the, the lives of those people are at the, laid at their doorstep. I mean, I, I I think that we needed to get out of Afghanistan. I think there was a lot better ways of handling all of Afghanistan and yeah. what happened there, but how we got out was just not the right way to go completely unacceptable all right last two questions i believe and this would be what was the best idea of 2021 in your opinion mine um this is re this is a recency bias i suppose (laughs) but this is katie faust she's from the federalist she wrote a book titled them before us Mm -hmm. and it's why we need a global children's rights movement Mm -hmm. which sounds progressive but it was a lot of information that I did not know. It really exposed um, big fertility, as she likes to call it, right, right. and what's going on specifically here in the United States and regarding uh, IVF, regarding surrogacy, regarding adoption, um, all of those things, you know, and the concepts that she has in that book that she lays out are beautifully well done and i thought i think it's the best idea of 2021 mm. it's a good book I, hannah you shared all that with me and i uh, i'm fascinated by all the information mm-hmm. that she shared i'm fascinated by her her understanding of in vitro fertilization and the big um technology the the, the, the money that's being made and the folks that are being taken advantage of um, the irreparable harm that's being uh, wrought on the families that participate. And uh, I have to say that, that that is an idea that needs to be discussed at greater length, especially in the Christian community. And I hope more people will take advantage. Why don't you share the name of that book again? Uh, that's Katie Faust is the author, and the title of it is Them Before Us. I'm probably going to try to do a full book review on yeah. my podcast at some point mm-hmm. and uh, highlight what her main points are and, and talk about it. So y'all can look forward to that. <laughs> and uh, if you don't subscribe to my show, you should. It's the Hannah Miller Show and because uh, we're going to talk about that probably sometime in January. So last question, person of the year. And you can kind of take this question anywhere you want to go. Um, my person of the year is Luke Rosiak. He's from the Daily Wire. And I nominated him because he's the one that blew up the Loudoun County story. And I believe personally caused 
a monumental shift in the country towards conservatism on mm-hmm. the culture war issues. Mm-hmm. If he had not just done what journalists are supposed to do and gone down there and, and asked a few questions, mm-hmm. um, yep. you know, we would never know the truth about that dad who got drug out of the uh, of the um, parent teacher or the what board meeting. The what is what do they call it? The yeah, it was a school board meeting. He got drug out of the school board meeting. Everybody lied about him. And mm-hmm. this guy, Luke Rosiak, went down there. And then that's how they labeled parents as domestic terrorists was because of the picture of this angry dad being drug out. And uh, they labeled all parents as domestic terrorists as a result. And Luke Rosiak went down there and was like, well, wait a minute. Why was he actually being drug out? And come to find out it's because his daughter had been raped by a boy who likes to wear a skirt and go into the girls' bathrooms. Yeah. And the school covered it up. Mm-hmm. And they lied to him to his face in that moment, um, accused his daughter of being a liar, blah, 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 while they already had the hospital records showing that it had happened um, and just all this stuff and it just was an atrocity so I think the work that Luke Rosiak did on that case uh, on that story was superlative and mm-hmm. I appreciate it So, well, my choice is going to be Dr. Peter McCullough mm-hmm. Dr. McCullough is one of the front line critical care doctors and um, he has been a um, what's the word I'm looking for He like a Trojan Mm-hmm. Um, standing on the front lines, espousing um, early treatment protocol. And, I mean, he, he is one of those doctors who um, publishes review articles by the hundreds. He's an expert on critical care, on early treatment protocol. Uh, he has impeccable credentials, and he is out there advocating for patients advocating for you and me and speaking the truth about ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, the truth about these so-called vaccines. And, um, you know, the truth always comes to the top. And one day he will be vindicated. And the lies that Dr. Fauci speaks and the dirty money that's being made with these uh, fake vaccines, all that's going to come to the surface and, you know, I vote for Dr. Peter McCullough as probably the the truest hero of this last year. And mm-hmm. and there's a whole group that fit with him. Yeah, Dr. Pierre Corey, Dr. Robert Malone, the founder mm-hmm. of the mRNA um, molecule and, and all of that. You know, th- those guys all are, are in, in close correspondence. And, you know, I, I try to read everything that they that they publish every time they speak. I want to hear them. And uh, all of those guys are my heroes. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with those two um, great men who have been on the front lines with this, with COVID and willing to speak the truth. Yeah. And Dr. Scott Fearlessly. Atlas Fearlessly. is another one. So you got to throw his name out there. He was one of the first ones that I came in mm-hmm. contact with uh, mm-hmm. or here. I heard and uh, appreciate him as well. All right, this is it for our year in review kind of round table back and forth um, year in review of 2021. If you like the Hannah Miller show, if you like more than medicine podcast, please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. You can leave a review there. It helps us with the almighty algorithms so that other folks who like uh, listen to shows that are similar to ours, it might pop up for them because you left us a good review. If you don't like the show, 
and you're going to leave a bad review. We would ask that you not do that in the spirit of Christmas and the new year. <laughs> God bless you all, and we look forward to having more podcasts and more truth telling in 2022. Thank you for listening to this edition of More Than Medicine. For more information about the Jackson Family Ministry, Dr. Jackson's books, or to schedule a speaking engagement, go to their Facebook page, Instagram, or their webpage at jacksonfamilyministry.com. If you'd like to contribute to further the efforts of the ministry, you can support them at patreon.com forward slash Ministries. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Production at bobsloan.com.